We started off and could sort of celebrate this morning. We have some more things to uh, celebrate today because we have some guys here who have uh, been away from us for a while because they were hospitalized and had operations and all that. But Jill Ray is back with us today and, and Sam
sent out a song for the second time this week called My Soul Away. It's Psalm 62, which says, I am at rest in God alone. Everything rest is just so weird it is, and you can't put another foot in front of you. I'm at rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. Me alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will never be shaken. How long have you threatened a man? Will all of you attack as if there was a leaning wall or a tottering fence? The only plan to bring down from his high position, they take pleasure in lying and blessed with their mouths, but they curse him. You ever have days when you feel that's how it is and how people are treating you? Well, here it says, rest in God alone. My soul for my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. My salvation and glory depends on God. My strong rock, my refuge is in God. My refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before Him. God is our refuge.
or you need some spiritual aerobics. I'm going to give you all to have some spiritual aerobics, all right? So I want you to get up, stand up, shake a hand, welcome somebody to Pop the Springs, all right? Understand. 
next to the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and women and all those who could understand and all the ears of the people were attentive. Look at how eager they were. They were attentive to the book of the law. Now fast forward. Verse 5, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above the people, and he opened it, and all the people stood. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Verse 9, and Nehemiah, who was the governor of Ezra, the priest and the scribe, the Levite, to call the people, said to the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our God. And do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites come. All the people say, be quiet for the state is holy and do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and send portions to make great rejoicing because they understood the words that were declared to them. And on the second day, the heads of the fathers and houses of all the people with the priests and the Levites came together to Ezra the scribe in order to study the words of the law. And they found written in the law that the Lord had commanded by Moses that the people of Israel would dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month, the feast of tabernacle. And that they should proclaim it and publish it in all their towns and in Jerusalem. Go out to the hills and bring branches of olives, wild olives, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees to make booths as it is written. So the people went out and brought them and made booths for themselves, each on the roof and in their courts, and in their courts of the house of God, and in the square of the water gate, and in the square of the gate of Ephraim. Lord, thank you. Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for your word. And God, as we take these moments together just to, to think your thoughts, we pray that the Holy Spirit come and be our teacher. And then, God, that you would teach us how valuable this book that we hold in our hands truly is. Lord, I have a lot of books in my library, but I only have one book that is living and that's alive. And God, it's your word. And Lord, I pray that you would instill in our hearts today the same kind of eagerness and anticipation and hunger for the word that we see demonstrated in this text. That God, you would, you would show how that you want to come. That God, you want to speak. And I pray, God, that we would understand what it means to truly worship you in spirit and in truth. To know your joy, God. To, to understand what, how, how the, the Lord, you can confront us in your word and bring about great conviction that there can be repentance and restoration and great rejoicing because of it. And that God, we would just yield a, a life of obedience unto you. And so Lord, you just come and you speak and draw us close. And for all that you do, God, we will give you praise and glory today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you. You can't be seated. I've chosen to title the message today a time of refreshing. Because I believe that's exactly what you see taking place in this text. It's a time of spiritual renewal and spiritual refreshment. Matter of fact, point number one is simply this spending time with God in His Word is a fountain of spiritual refreshment. I don't know of anything that is more invigorating and refreshing to me than just being able to have that time that I just get to spend with the Lord. You know, I, there are a lot of things that I like, a lot of things that bring me joy. Probably the same true for you. You know, and in just a few hours this afternoon, we're going to head to the beach. Hallelujah for the beach. I love the beach, and the beach is refreshing to me, and I'm going to get up early every morning because nobody else in my family does. And I'm going to go out to the beach by myself and walk and sit and talk, and I can read and think and do whatever I want to do. And it will be refreshing to me. There's something refreshing about hanging out with my boys and going to a football game together. And I promise Suzanne, I'm already excited you're here today, but you know, she, she 
made very clear just a couple of months ago that it is her turn to go with that to a football game. So that's going to happen, all right? So everybody here is going to keep you accountable for that, all right? So just to spend time with family, that's refreshing. There's a lot of things that you probably do that are refreshing. But I'm telling you, there's only one thing that can replenish our soul. And that is to spend time with God Almighty. And to be able to get into his word. The psalmist said this, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man that takes refuge in him. Acts 3, 19 and 20 says, Repent therefore and turn back. Your sins may be blotted out. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. If you're here today and you think, I, I just kind of feel depleted. I just feel like my faith is not as full as it used to be. And my walk with God doesn't seem to be as vibrant as it has in the past. Could it be that you and I are at the right place at the right time? And God's going to show us today through, through His Word that if we get into His presence and allow Him to speak to us, that we, in His presence, can know what it means to be spiritually refreshed. Remember, they're here at the water gate. And the Bible says that all ears are attentive. It means their attitude was right. You know, sometimes we miss out on God's best because we've got a rotten, stinking attitude. And one of the great things that can happen today is God can kind of change our attitude about some things. And so they were willing to listen because their attitude was right. How we listen will affect what we receive from the Lord. Do you know this? God is always speaking. It's not a question, does God still speak? Of course he speaks. The issue is, are we listening? The issue is, have we put ourselves in a, a place that we can truly hear from God? And so when I read the, the first four to five verses of this text, I see that they were together, there was desire, they were eager, there was anticipation, they were present, they were hungry, they were willing to spend five hours in the presence of the Lord. And so I'm simply saying this. Do you take the initiative each day just to get in the presence of God? To say, Lord, I just want to know you and I want to be in your presence. Maybe that looks like a, a personal devotion time. For me, I've got to have it in the morning. I, I gotta, when, when my feet hit the floor, I don't know if I've ever told you this or not, but when my feet hit the floor, the first thing I'm going to do is get a couple jobs. Okay, I am a Java junkie. And so the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to hit that Keurig. I'm going to get me a cup of coffee. I'm going to put me two little scoops of sugar in it. I don't have to have sugar in the rest of the day. That first cup, I've got a cup of scoops of sugar in there. And then I go upstairs in what I call the, the room over our, uh, our garage. It's a little bonus room, and I call it the upper room. And I go up there, and I'm telling you, that's where I get myself in the presence of the Lord. And so maybe for you, could it be that sometimes we just don't take the initiative that even in a time of personal devotion and Bible study that we can be in the presence of the Lord. You can be in the presence of the Lord in a small group in your Sunday class and the small group opportunities that you have in church life. I mean, those are times that we can gather together, but we can be with the, the Lord as well. Maybe it's your family. I, I don't know, but I, I do know this. We can't be who Jesus died for us to be if we don't know what it means to live in His presence. One of my favorite authors is a guy named Wayne Cabrera. He says this, My goal is not to study the Bible for an hour each morning. Rather, it is to let the Bible study me. So you're just opening up the Word and let the Spirit of God reveal who He is, but you can't help but see yourself in that. If I had time today, well, I guess I didn't have time. I'd preach and I'd do what I want to do. <laughs> just listen to this. Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar off. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, Lord, you know it all together. You hid me in by 
happened before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful. These high, I cannot obtain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shield, you are there. If I take wings in the morning and go to the utmost parts of the sea, ever there your hand will lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light will be about my night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for the darkness is as light with you. You form me in my inner parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you before I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it well. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. I'm telling you, there is just something incredibly wonderful just knowing that God wants to be with us. Spending time with God in His Word is like a fountain of spiritual refreshment. But the second thing I want you to see is this. You cannot remain the same as you encounter the living God in His living Word. So here's what happened. They're together and they Now, I, I'm not going to go back and, oh, my 
He would not go into Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now, the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. So the same feast we're talking about in Nehemiah. So his brother said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples may also see the works that you are doing, for no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for not even his brothers believe. And Jesus said to them, My time not yet, has not yet come, but your time is always here. And so he, he's speaking, Oh, that ain't what I want to get to. Where do I want to get to? Verse 14, about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up to the temple and began teaching. The Jews therefore marveled, saying, How is it this man has learning when he has never studied? And so Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but him who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking of my own authority. And so he begins to talk, he's talking about Moses, he's talking about the demons, he's talking about the Sabbath. But then, this is exactly where Jesus begins to say, hey, you understand that I am the living water. It's not coincidence. This is all connected together. Verses 37, 38, 41. He says, I am the living water. And so what you have in Nehemiah 8, 13 to the rest of the chapter is they, they, they prepare the booze. They're living in their tents. In other words, it's an act of obedience that God had already called them to that they've been neglecting. One of the sure signs that you have been in the presence of God and that God has refreshed your soul is that you will have an obedience unto Him like you never had. Even if you're the only one, you will do whatever He says. Now the last part, and I wish I had time to really develop this, and I don't. But a part of this whole tabernacle celebration was to point to the future. That God would tabernacle with his people again. And that's why you have Revelation 21. Let me just read this and I'll bring it to a close. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. <laughs> I don't have to spell. I don't that means this, there is coming a day when there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and God is going to tabernacle with his people and we will never be separated from God again. Amen. That is going to be something else. That's better than religion. <laughs> That's better than a football game. How in the world does it get any better? Be able to tabernacle, to be in, in with God in His presence forever and ever and ever. Amen. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, friend, I'm telling you, my prayer is that you would come to know Jesus today. I do not want you to miss out on that kind of glorious future. Maybe you're here today and you say, Ken, I just feel like I just, you know, sometimes I feel like I just, I just kind of take this thing, you know, and I get excited and I kind of lose momentum. My prayer with you today is that God spoke to you in such a way and maybe brought conviction that you know the greatest thing that you have is just to get right with God, confess your sin. Whatever sin you uncover, God will cover. 
knocking store. There's so much more I wanted to share in this message today. God wants to take us deeper. There's no doubt that God wants to take us deeper. There's a book that I have, I read a quote from another trusted source that makes me want to go buy this book, but here was the quote. The guy's name is J. Kent Edwards, and the book is called Deep Preaching. And here is one sentence quote from that book. Deep sermons cannot be preached by shallow people. Now you can take that and run in a lot of different areas. I think God's going to take us deep. And the litmus test, if we've truly encountered the word, is our obedience. We can't help but say yes to what he asks because we've been in his presence. So Lord, today, God, we just come before you. God, if someone's here today and they don't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that today they be saved. God, I pray for maybe someone here today that God, they've been struggling they know, they know their sin. And, and maybe today, God, you have pointed out to them. And you, you, you brought a measure of brokenness. And now, God, I pray that there would be repentance. And that, God, that you would cleanse and that you would restore to them the joy of their salvation. God, you want us to follow you. For that, that's the hallmark of a disciple. It's someone who follows Jesus. Someone who is continually changed by you. God, that we would see that we are a part of your redemptive purpose and mission. And that God, whatever you ask of us, we would say, Yes, we just want to live in your presence. We want to tabernacle with you. And so Lord, today, this time of invitation, I pray that you would save, I pray that you would cleanse, I pray that you would restore, God, I pray that you would do whatever you desire to do to bring honor and glory to yourself. We ask this today in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet. Scott, the praise team is going to just lead us in a time of just singing. And maybe you just need to come and find a place to pray. Maybe you just need to do business with the Lord. Maybe I'll be here if you need me. But maybe you just need to spend some time with Jesus before you walk out of these doors. Whatever God is saying, you just say yes to him.
going to invite you and just and really challenge you. Hey, take this week. And I, I don't know what your norm is, but, but what's the one takeaway from today? Are you, are, are you at peace with the Bible intake that you have presently in your life right now? Are you content with that? Or do you, or do you want more? And if the answer is, I want more, then we ask another question. Then what can you commit to the Lord before you leave that you're going to do about it? Is it get up 30 minutes early in the morning? Is it turn the television off at a certain time? Is, is it to connect with somebody in the church and say, hey, can we be accountable to each other? Can, can we meet once a week to do nothing more than just to get together to talk and to pray and to get into the Word? So what's your takeaway? Here's the deal. If, if, if we were all, listen, there's one thing that all of us have in common. We can hear the word and learn something, but all that is just knowledge. And if all you do is learn the word for knowledge's sake, it'll make the best hypocrite out of you. It'll make the Pharisee out of you. Amen. You, you can take the word of God and get excited about it, but if that's all it is, it's nothing more than emotionalism. That'll make you a fanatic. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. But if God speaks to you through his word and it transforms you and it brings about a difference in you, I'm telling you, that is the mark of a disciple. And that is my prayer for you, and I want you to make that prayer for me. That we don't hear just to know, and we don't get in the word just to get excited, but we watch it absolutely transform us into the likeness of Jesus. That's what we need. Well, let's celebrate before we go today. Doug, you and Beth, come and stand with me. This is Doug and Beth Jones. And uh, Joy, we got some, we got some folks that are going to get in PS101, all right? And uh, this dear brother, how long have you been ministering? Uh, I was saved in 85. And I started pastoring in 2000 when I retired. Okay. The first time. Retired the first time, all right? And now retired again until you moved to this area. They've been visiting off and on, and a few weeks ago you said, Well, we've kind of been running for the Lord. We believe this is where God wants us to, to be and to unite and to, to grow and to serve. And so they're going to go through PS 101, and they've made a decision that they believe the Lord has spoken to them, and this is where they need to be. This needs to be their home church. And if you rejoice in that, would you just say amen? Amen. Would you show them appreciation? See them, and so I know you're going to enjoy hanging out with Joy. He's one of the greatest guys on the planet. And you'll learn a lot about Copper Springs and just kind of how we tick and the doctrine, theology, and practice, and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, I just can't wait to see what God's going to do. It's okay. going to be good. So listen, you come by before you leave today and just love on this couple. Anything else we need to share, friend? A couple things. Don't forget, uh, first of all, our rehearsal this afternoon, and we're uh, looking for some new members. And we'd love to have you come and join us at 5 o'clock. Also, uh, next Sunday, Sacrifice Sunday. And so we'll be observing the Lord's Supper. And our sacrifice offering this week is to help our partner church, First Baptist Emory. Um, we've not done anything to really help them financially. And we're going to try to help them get their online presence, uh, their internet things going so that they can do a better job. And then on the 14th of next month, Man, starting next Sunday, you'll have an opportunity out to welcome us to sign up, or you can call the church office and sign up for our kickoff for our men's ministry on the 14th. On the 14th of August, uh, Seth Buckley will do us, so he's speaking in the morning. The pastor kids will be here. We're not doing anything with him except giving him a vocal rest for a day. And uh, he'll speak in the morning, and then that evening at 6, man, we're going to eat together, and Seth's so going to talk just to men. And we'll tell you some more things about men's ministry at that point. And a neat thing. Go ahead. Just, we have an event for children this week on Wednesday evening. We're having a cooking class to help them learn a little, a few cooking skills and get to eat what they make. 
So if you're interested, send me a message by text or email so we can prepare for that. Um, also, coming up August 5th, we're having a children's early bird lock-in, which means we're here, but we live at 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> which means that the workers are smart. Uh, one other thing I just wanted to know is that this morning when I got here, there was a litter on my desk. And I pulled it out. I thought I had it with me, but it must be down in my life. And a sister church in our town, Zion Hill Baptist Church, um, just sent us a letter to let us know that they were praying for us. Okay. I thought that just refreshed my soul. So, Pastor Ken, I'm turning back over to you. Oh, well, you're dismissed. <laughs>